You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Rachel Adams, Managing Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. Welcome to the Healthy Insider Podcast. My name is Rachel Adams, the Managing Editor of Natural Products Insider. And today I have on the phone with me, Yadine Medor, who is founder and CEO of Pure Branding, Inc. Yadine spoke recently at UNTA's, which that's the United Natural Products Alliance, at UNTA's annual retreat, which was in Charleston this year, on the topic of transparency and looking at key consumers um, and also the ROI of transparency. Um, and so today we're going to talk a little bit about that and, and dive into transparency and what it means for consumers and what it means for brand owners. So my, my first question for you, Dean, actually really quick, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. Hi, Dean. How are you? Hi, very good. Thanks for having me. So I'd like to start by getting some background information on this study that Dean presented at the UNPA retreat. Um, so Dean, can you tell us a little bit about this study, how it was uh, created and conducted? Etc. Sure. So, um, as, as you mentioned, we work deeply in the uh, dietary supplement space um, with both um, consumer and professional brands. And we found over the years that um, many of the brands that we work with are often, you know, quite frankly, scared about transparency or they're overwhelmed or they don't know where to start. Um, about 10 years ago, we actually built the Gaia Herbs, uh, Meteor Herbs traceability platform, um, which was uh, hugely successful in, uh, in growing their sales. And so um, we wanted to be able to provide uh, some data and insights uh, for brands in the space to give them some starting points of understanding both the value for folks in, in organizations who may be skeptical of the value and also um, starting points for where to focus their attention on what are the transparency practices that are, are going to drive the greatest ROI. And real quick, when when was the study released? Is this a pretty recent study, or when? Was yeah, it? we just uh, we just published it in November of 20, uh, 2018, November of last year. Okay, awesome. And so something uh, that you talked about a lot and that is presented in the study is this idea of transparency, use the term transparency, um, which is referring to different people along this kind of spectrum of transparency. Can you tell us a little bit about what transparency are? Yeah, so um, there was one very specific question in the study and we, we asked, because um, we wanted to know, you know various differing degrees in the belief of value of company transparency. So we asked the study participants to align with one of five statements, and um, they were grouped into um, ultimately these three categories. So those who said that transparency is of great value to me and the most important consideration, that's who we are calling the high transparency. Those who said transparency is of value to me but not necessarily the most important consideration, that's what we're calling the regular transparency. And if they said transparency is of little value or of no value, 
we're calling them the low to no transparency. And so what was interesting as we started to segment out the study across these three population groups, number one, they were fairly evenly divided amongst our panel. We had 31% um, representing the high transparency, 42% representing the regular transparency, and 27% representing the low to no transparency. And they appeared um, across all generations um, and also um, in uh, multiple shopping channels. So it, it wasn't that the high transparents were just found, for instance, in the natural channel. We found them shopping in uh, FDMC as well. Yeah, and that's very interesting because there's kind of been the idea that consumers who are interested in, you know, value-driven businesses, which is often, you know, in high transparency, things along those lines, that they're shopping in those natural retailers, that they're really going out of the way to seek out those products. But that could be just an indication that these products are appearing in more channels. Yeah, and and just um, just the whole concept, uh, desire for awareness of has dramatically changed in the last five years. And that, that's a data point that came up in, in the study as well, is that um, overall, you know, everyone was hearing about it, talking about, you know, the term transparency. Uh, more than ever in the last uh, five years, but um, you know I think you're right. There is kind of a um, a myth or a bias that somehow you know a stereotypical natural product shopper is the only person who cares about transparency, and, and really this the study shows nothing could be uh, further from the truth. That everyone really wants to know more about where the products they're buying uh, come from. Uh, the commitments of the organization. Um, it, it's just a basic human need. And, and with all of the kinds of things that are happening in the larger culture um, and the level of distrust there often is with big business, mm -hmm. you know, it's really just driving more and more desire to, to have more information. Right, absolutely. And that's a huge component of it right there that you said, the issue of mistrust. Yeah. Um, so something else I find really interesting about that breakdown between the high transparent, regular, and low to no is that even though those, they're all fairly evenly distributed, those those two categories, the regular transparent and the high transparent, who would both value transparency on some level, I mean, that makes up uh, quite a large number of the overall population. That's pretty significant. Yes, and of course, um... What's unique about the high transparency, and in particular for the supplement sector, you know, there there's no um, there's no disadvantage in becoming more transparent, right? It's only an asset, right. and you know, by being not transparent, um, it's a business decision that has a lot of liabilities moving forward as companies begin to focus more and more on sharing more. Um, with their participants. Um, what's, what's critical about the high transparency is they're the ones that say, you know, they're willing to pay more for products that are transparent, that a transparent product would be their first choice. Um, and so, you know, these are the customers you want as your uh, brand advocates and, and brand evangelists. And, um, you know, there's uh, a company needs to be thinking about those 
customers that that identify as high transparent first and foremost um, as as who they're talking to because uh, it's only going to have a halo effect on on all of their uh, opportunity in the market right and can you talk a little bit more about what those high transparent customers are looking for so um you know we talked a little bit about channel too so i just want to drill down a little bit into that so those high transparents mm -hmm. They're shopping mm -hmm. at large discount stores, drug stores, natural food stores, natural vitamin stores, um, vitamin shop, internet, GNC. So they're they're um, existing everywhere that that vitamins and supplements are sold. The practices that are most important to uh, the high transparents are um, ingredient labeling, and we define that in the study as you know, whether a, an ingredient was GMO or non-GMO, um, the safety record, uh, preservatives, additives, synthetic ingredients. Um, so that that was number one for, for all of our transparents um, and really is just the cost of entry. Um, the standards on safety and testing, along with the science behind the product claims are the next most important practices. And then the third tier, which comprised of environment, factory conditions, uh, verification from third parties, uh, growing practices, processing, sourcing and procurement, you know, they, they became the third tier of what was most important. Is that just to the high transparent or across this all was, um, This was true for all. Um, what's interesting is when we look at the high transparents, the high transparents were actually less focused on safety and testing. Um, mm. They were less interested in the science behind the product claims. And they were more interested in factory conditions um, mm. and also um, more interested in uh, third party verification, the environment growing and employment and labor conditions. Um, oh, so that's the, very interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a, in a way, it's a, I would say it's a more um, emotional connection to transparency. They're, 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 they're wanting to know a little more deeply, kind of the root of what uh, companies' commitments are. Right, and that's a, that's a significant development for the dietary supplement industry specifically because, uh, especially if brand owners are trying to target this high transparent group because, you know, science is such an important part and has been such a focal point of the dietary supplement industry and how products are marketed. Very interesting. Yeah, and that's um, that's one of my uh, uh, rallying cries, that, that exact concept you just brought up about science, because too many companies make that their, their lead of how, of how they enter the conversation with consumers and um, it's really just the cost of entry and, and ultimately just noise that there's a, there's uh, better stories that, that need to be told um, around these brands and, and science isn't one of them because everybody assumes they're buying a, a, a product that's backed by uh, scientific um, uh, backing. Right, very, that's very important, very interesting. Were there anything like significant or important differentiation points between the high transparents versus regular transparents? 
or any particular reason you would say why it's so important to focus on this high transparent group versus the regular transparent? Well, I think for a lot of supplement companies who are looking to really differentiate in the market and be able to charge a premium price, this is the group that's that's going to be willing to to pay more for those companies um, that they associate with transparent practice and values. And so I think what's interesting is when we look at how the high transparency associate transparency with honesty, um, it's mm -hmm. much higher. And they also start to associate transparency with things like uh, trustworthiness, uh, ethical, uh, moral, um, believable. So the high transparency are looking for high standards and values. Um, whereas those who associated as being a, a regular transparent are more focused on just clarity of communications. It's not necessarily so values oriented. Interesting. It kind of brings back that that point of that emotional connection. Yeah. With the high transparent. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious, what would you say are the most pertinent findings of the study? Anything that caught you by surprise? I think we were surprised as you were at how um, the high transparency across all shopping channels and all generations um, that it you know it isn't exclusive to um, you know a natural channel shopper of a certain age. Everyone's just, you know a lot of people are assuming that the millennials are driving this, and it is true. There's a high involvement of millennials as high transparency, um, but there's plenty of uh, Gen Xers and uh, boomers in that high transparent category as well. Right. I do, I do recall that from um, when you presented this at, yeah. at the conference at the retreat, and that was very interesting to me because um, we hear so much talk all the time about millennials, but they're just, there's one piece of a bigger pie. You know, there's a lot yeah. of people who are invested in transparency. Yeah. Well, the other, I think the other really unique uh, finding was um, we had a scenario in the study um, around uh, two companies and it had to do with a controversial ingredient and if it came out um, that the ingredient they were using uh, had some controversy around it, you know, one company re responded more transparently, um, the other company just kind of responded with what they had to do by the letter of the law and we asked, um, whether you know they would basically um, change their purchasing behavior and 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 try you know the more transparent company or they'd stick with their current brand that was less transparent and you know across the whole study, sixty percent said they would be motivated to change their purchase behavior, but when we looked specifically at the high transparency, um, they were uh, overwhelmingly more likely to to switch, and so this mm. this um, question in the with the vitamin and supplement companies we work with comes up a lot around switching behavior, and knowing that um, transparency will help lead to that kind of brand switching to your brand. Um, that's a huge insight for brand holders and marketers. Right. Yeah, that's a huge. Um, I mean, even though it was a hypothetical question that is something like you said, the brand owner's face, and that's a huge, that's a huge takeaway. That's a huge lesson to learn before having to learn the lesson. So that's very interesting. 
Um, and that actually is a great segue into my final question, which is um, based on information that you've uncovered uh, in this study, what advice do you have for brand owners when it comes to transparency? Yeah, I think it, um, you know, uh, part of it comes from a bit of dismay that you know, not much has happened around supplement transparency um, since the work we did with Gaia. And I, I, you know, I think it goes to the root of there's quite a bit of fear uh, when we work with brands in this space. Um, Oftentimes, the different functional groups in an organization have different types of fears, and getting everyone together to talk uh, in the same room is, is really critical to start determining, you know, what does transparency mean for our unique company, our unique brand? And I think it's, um, people just get overwhelmed because it feels like such a huge, huge um, topic that they have to approach with an all-or-nothing attitude. And I. I would encourage brands to, in particular in the study, it really points out what are the most important practices and, and start on those, you know, peel, peel off one step at a time. It doesn't have to be done in, uh, you know, in its totality, that just making any efforts towards transparency is a positive thing. It's going to impact your opportunity in the market. Consumers are going to think better of you and there's really no uh, downside to moving towards implementing these transparency practices. Right, and that is that is such great perspective. What is there's a phrase that there's a phrase, a really popular phrase. Don't, don't say no to the good. Good. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yes, <laughs> I was about to butcher it, so I appreciate you saving me from that. <laughs> So, Yadim, if uh, any of our listeners would like to view the study, um, where can they find it? Yeah, you can find uh, more information about the study and download it at purebranding.com forward slash transparency. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today and for your insights. Thanks so much, Rachel. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.